And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruits and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. The Athletic. This is Talk of the Devils, the Athletics podcast dedicated to Manchester United with me, Ian Irving. Well, Ronaldo is back and he brought with him a box office feel to Manchester United once again. Old Trafford was absolutely rocking on Saturday to the sound of his two goals and Manchester United's 4-1 win over Newcastle, which has everyone dreaming about what could be achieved this season with number seven on Ronaldo's shirt once again. It was a day that quite simply created a noise that echoed around the football world. Well, this is his stage once more. He is home at last. Ballbesitz und Cristiano Ronaldo als neue Addition. Der 119. Treffer für United. Cristiano Ronaldo hat gelauert. Er ist gekommen, er hat gesehen und er hat direkt getroffen. Gathering speed, looking to play in Ronaldo, it is Ronaldo, it's 2-1 United, the theatre lives its dream, it's fantasy hero retreads the boards. Whatever your language, that was pretty special, wasn't it? From 
Cristiano Ronaldo. It felt like Manchester United will box office once again on Saturday. We'll dissect all of that, of course, over the course of this podcast. But we'll also be speaking about Andy Mitten as well, because he has completed his epic charity bike ride too. And now he's off to Burn, along with Manchester United, for the Champions League game against Young Boys, which we'll also preview. But at this point, I need to do the most important thing on this podcast. I need to welcome our friends. So, first of all, from his bedroom in Manchester, hello, Carl Anker. Hello, mate. How are you getting on? I'm good, thank you. And second of all, from a balcony in sunny Spain, or not so sunny Spain, Laurie Whitwell. Hello, Laurie. How are you doing, Ian? Good to be here. Good. Great to have you on as well before you go off and drink your shandies, as we've previewed before this uh, podcast started. Laurie, I'll start with you. You were there. I thought the weekend couldn't get any better until I heard you jetted out on holiday. But what a Saturday that was. Yeah, it feels uh, a bit odd to be from uh, you know, Old Trafford on the Saturday and then uh, Alicante, Spain on the Sunday, nice and sunny. Although, as you said, you can see in the background, it's a bit cloudy at the moment. So, although I hear it's overcast in Manchester as well um, if, if you can corroborate that no comment <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was a it was a really uh, it felt like a really momentous day um, at Old Trafford on Saturday um, everyone was sort of arriving to the ground with a bounce in their step the atmosphere was building from a long time before kickoff the kind of soundtrack of Ronaldo songs just humming away in the background so when I walked down the Munich tunnel um, to get into the media entrance at Old Trafford, you know, it echoed around, um, you know, people bounced along walking down, um, walking down the passageway, obviously loads of Ronaldo seven shirts, you know, as you know, uh, the, the sevens um, ran out at a couple of points in the mega store um, this week because so many people were, were getting them. And actually there's a couple of people with Ronaldo seven shirts over here as well. So they've obviously got in there quick and, and sorted it out. Um, so, yeah, but I think more than anything, you know, Ronaldo didn't let, you know, the expectations down, you know, he, he uh, actually overperformed what I thought he might do. You know, it's the first game back in the Premier League since, you know, 12 years ago when he left. And um, and, and he actually had much more about his game than I expected. You know, we've got, been sort of led to believe penalty box poacher. And obviously he was that for the first goal, very much so. But he, he dropped deep and, and he linked up play and, and he obviously had that sprint for the second goal. Um, which sort of seemed to go, you know, really hit top speed there. Um, and it's, you know, his touch map for the game, you could see he was all over the place. Um, you know, it wasn't just in the box. He had like, you know, the most touches in the box, eight, I think, but 63 touches overall, which is a pretty good um, sort of amount for a centre forward. Um, and yeah, left, right, um, centre, you know, so he, he did get in, in the mix. And Solskjaer said, you know, do you want to come off later on um, when he was bringing on Marshall and, and Donny van der Beek? And, and when I go, no, no, I'm good. I get, let me get 90 minutes in my legs. And I think that's sort of a, a good sign of how social manage him. We had a really good piece from a few of the guys talking about how do you manage someone like Cristiano Ronaldo and getting the best out of him. And, and clearly, you know, as Sir Alex Ferguson did with Eric Cantona, you can treat special players, you know, in different ways. And I don't think that's a bad thing that Solskjaer sort of just asking him, you know, do you want to, do you want to come off? It was more, I think Solskjaer wanted him to stay on, but if he was feeling a little bit tiredness, he could come off if he wanted to. So, um, but there were a few other little bits that, I mean, we'll get onto, I'm sure, that I kind of write about in my piece from the match. But yeah, I thought it was, uh, couldn't really have gone any better for United. Um, albeit, I suppose, we will get onto midfield discussion or the defensive aspect with Carl. But um, I think generally people walking away from that will think, you know, absolutely superb. Just before Carl jumps in and gives a more technical sort of overview of the way Manchester United played, Laurie, the best atmosphere since? Good question, that. Oh, you put me on the spot there. Um, well, Man City, the last last game of this, um, before lockdown, 
Was it not better than that? Um, it, it could have been. Yeah, yeah. That's that's just the one that sticks in my mind. I think that that was so that was mad. That was unexpectedly uh, great for people to enjoy. You know, particularly the McTominay goal late on. It, you know that that stadium was rocking that night when when everyone was walking out and Solskjaer was giving it the fist bumps to the Stratford end. Um, this was a more sustained atmosphere where, yeah, you say, you know, the Ronaldo song. It was piercing when his name was read out on the uh, lineup. You know, the, the kind of cheers. Uh, and, and after he'd scored each goal, you know, the Viva Ronaldo again echoing all around the stadium. So I suppose, yeah, as a, as a consistent atmosphere, that was, that was the best. I'm really struggling to think of another atmosphere like yeah. it. Just because that, of that was my point. Yeah, yeah, that was my point. It's as good as it's been, I think. Yeah. And whereas the City one was kind of more an instant moment at the end where everyone felt adulation and, and, and yeah, relief. And, and Leeds was pretty special as well. The first game back with, with you know, a capacity crowd after after COVID, the Varan unveiling, the result, you know, it being Leeds, it being the start of a new season. But this felt like a step up again. The, there was celebrities in the boxes, you know, the, the board room was full of names you should have heard of. Just felt like old Manchester United, really. I said it before, but it, it just felt box office again, which is something that the club has missed, really, in recent years, I think. And obviously, it's aligned to results and the fact that they've not won a trophy for a few years now and so on. But it, it feels like Saturday sort of suggested things could be different. Um, and, and maybe it suggested that things will be different. Come on, Carl, pop the bubble. What was wrong with Manchester United's performance? <laughs> um Am I allowed to say Manchester United should be beating Newcastle 4-1 anyway? I know Steve Bruce is another returning Manchester United legend, but Manchester United aren't a team that were bad at scoring goals last season. You know, Second highest uh, goals for in the league last season, outscored everyone in the Champions League group. They're good at this. Uh, it was great movement from Ronaldo for that first goal. So he begins moving towards the goal as Mason Greenwood's taking his shot, which is that you know second, third movement we always... No one else is scoring that, are they? Cavani might. Maybe. I will say Cavani's very good at that. And I mean, Greenwood's taking the shot. So Greenwood, I don't know if Greenwood do it, but we know Martial doesn't take that movement. Marcus Rashford sometimes is good at that movement. But in terms of just consistency, yeah, that's why. That's why you, that's what Cristiano Ronaldo will bring to that team. Also, the way he changed his feet for that second goal. I think uh, when I watched the game in entirely legal circumstances, I said something like, bloody hell, he's back then. 20 mile an hour he ran as well for that goal. He's incredibly quick running in a straight line. Um, that's never going to really change. Um, so that's great. There was also the fact that Newcastle didn't play horribly. They did manage to carve up Manchester United two or three times on the transition. Uh, I mean, the goal they got was Luke Shaw diving in early, Harry Maguire going in too early. And that was one of those goals where I, I said, oh, well, probably should have got a defensive midfielder. That's <laughs> that's what they do, right? Um and I think that's that's still going to be a problem. There was also a moment in the first half where Ronaldo was at towards the back post uh, looking for a cross from the right-hand side and Aaron Rambasak was on the ball and you're going, oh, mate, that's, that cross isn't going to happen the way you want. Um, I'm really enjoying Varane. Uh, uh, and he's so good at delaying when to make the tackle and jockeying an attacker into like a less dangerous position that maybe United don't necessarily need a hyper-mobile defensive midfielder just yet. I can see, I'm still quite frustrated that Manchester United haven't bought a defensive midfielder. But I think Cristiano Ronaldo is so good at scoring goals that the right-hand side problem is not as much of a problem as it could have been. And Rafael Varane is so good at making tackles and managing the space that the defensive midfield issues won't be catastrophic when you're playing against 
10 to 12 teams in the league. The test is always going to be top six games. I'm sure you didn't notice Real Madrid's game at the weekend either, Carl, and give a rueful grin. Nope, nope, didn't didn't watch Camavinga. Let, let's move on. <laughs> Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Laurie, just go back to Ronaldo then. You've written a, a brilliant piece about sort of his impact um, over the, the week or so within Manchester United as a club, as a team, everything else. Um, that's on the Athletic app at the minute. Just pick us out a highlight from that, please. I think probably the fact that he um, sort of kept it pretty low-key first couple of days in training. You know, certainly people felt from the get-go that they were dealing with a superstar here. You know, they, they could just, that aura that people have got. Um, but then third day, basically gathered the players together and said, we're going up a level now. And you can see that in his media interviews where he's talking about these are good players, but we need to be having a winning mentality. Um, and listen, obviously he's got players there that have won things, but I think having someone of his stature who's, who has you know won four uh, Champions Leagues with just Real Madrid, um, you know, let alone the one with Man United, um, plus the European Championship. And I know he wasn't in the final, but he was from the sidelines, you know, kind of marshalling everybody on. And that kind of dynamic, that mentality, I think, to kind of spread that early on in his Manchester United career to tell people this is what he expects is is a good thing, really. Um, so I thought that was quite interesting. Um, and then there's a few little moments just in the game, in the warm-ups. I mean, I, you know, I'm not one to sort of read too much into how warm-ups go, but given it was a first sort of start for him, first um, appearance for him, that kind of li- it was interesting to sort of see how he was having the conversations with um, other people. So like Sancho, you know, a little like you know, you could see he was asking how how to strike it like that basically from a, from a free kick, and I mean, it took him three goes Ronaldo to score, uh, and finally he, he did, and he that was he satisfied for his warm up, so he he walked off after that. Um, and then there's a sort of moment in the first half when talking about when Carl mentioned about the runs that Sancho makes also clearly there's sort of little bits that Ronaldo might be able to pick up from other players so, so Pogba really enjoys putting that ball in first time crossing it you know um, and he, he did that at one point and it was only Greenwood that was sort of alert to it trying to run onto it and, and Solskjaer actually sort of shouted across to Ronaldo and kind of give him a bit of instruction in that regard so I thought that was interesting that, yeah, you know, listen, Sasha, know, I can give him some instructions. <laughs> Do you know something, actually, and it's popped into my head again with you talking there, Laurie? Carl, you'll love this. Saturday was Paul Pogba, wasn't it? From the moment he stepped out on that pitch and started scooping those crosses into Ronaldo to dancing on a stage at Parklife, Saturday was Paul Pogba, wasn't it? He had a great weekend. He was hanging out with Burner Boy and Stormzy. He was... Delightful. I know this this nearly never happens. So we every season a player starts the season hot and gets loads of assists, and you're going, This is it. This is the time. We're finally gonna crack Thierry Henry's 20 assist season record. And Pogba's got seven so far. And I mean, I'd love for him to break that record because 
I make no hiding of how much I adore Paul Pogba. You can tell he's really enlivened by playing with some some quality players. Uh, we were just talking before we started recording about how I watched Paul Pogba play a pretty disappointing one-all draw against Southampton back in 2019. And his midfield options were Scott McTominay and Andreas Pereira. And sort of Dan James was the best person that, in attacking for Man United that day. And you think about the players Paul Pogba had to work off of and pass to against Newcastle United. You, you understand why he might start thinking about a contract extension. Oh, thank you for mentioning that, Carl. Yes, our athletic colleague and legendary newshound David Ornstein got wind of some movement with regards to negotiations between Manchester United and Paul Pogba. So could a renewal be happening? Well, rather than passing on the news secondhand, let's get the details from the man himself. So, I mean, th this is really interesting and maybe it's quite uh, helpful for our listeners to explain a bit of the journalistic chronology as well, because I was looking into some potential stories around United coming into the weekend and while preparing the Monday column. And it was actually looking like this might go the way of him leaving as a free agent and United starting to come to terms with that because there's been no significant progress over talks um, on a new deal and the idea that he makes one more big lucrative move to a PSG or Real Madrid has been gathering quite a lot of momentum inside the industry and on the periphery as well. Um, it hasn't worked out quite like everybody expected it to when he came back to United. But then Saturday's match came and you make more phone calls and speak to more people. And this sense, surprisingly to me, was conveyed that actually he's extremely happy with the current situation, the impact of Ronaldo's return, the recruitment work that United have done aside from that this summer, Varane and Sancho. They're planning for more next summer. I think they already have their positions targeted, whether their names are, the names are in place, I don't know. Um, they're currently top of the league, early days. Uh, Saturday left him and a number of other United players stunned in a in a pleasant way I, I i think it really touched them it had a profound effect on them and and i'm being told now that something as relatively small as saturday is actually having a significant bearing on his thinking in relation to his future and now this is far from being closed or almost closed which i thought it might have been coming into the weekend it's very much open to the extent that it may be going towards him signing a new contract. And it's certainly in a much better place than it's been at any time in the recent past. He's out of contract next summer. And if and when talks resume, and we do expect them to resume, I get the feeling, as we've reported in the Monday column, that he could well extend his United stay. He just looks happy and engaged, doesn't he? And, and there's so many times during his United career where he's not looked either of those things, either at the same time or separately. One good park life weekend. Does wonders for a man. <laughs> I actually got sent, my, my niece uh, was uh, at that uh, gig and I sort of saw that uh, he, he'd gone there. And I sort of walked up to him and said, I hope you're watching Burner Boy. And then she starts firing me all these videos of him on stage. Like, yep, <laughs> she had the best seat in the house, basically, or best standing position. So she, she was loving it. Um, I mean, he's coming I think from that's... a middle-aged white man, but he makes dancing like a chicken look cool, doesn't he? <laughs> he makes a lot of things look cool. I can't be objective about him. I'm really sorry. Uh, I, I really liked, I really enjoyed just the fact that Nemanja Matic had a good game 
Uh, it, that was one of the, those games where you wish in the main match was five years younger um, because he is at his best. He's perfect for this Manchester United team. And we know Solskjaer sp- spoke a bit about how he'll be really important this season. I think the fact that he's left-footed as well also really helps with the balance, getting those passes out to, to, to Shaw and Pogba and or when Rashford comes into the side will be really vital. So I don't think Matic will play, you know, more than one game a week, nor will I expect them to play in, in the big games against someone like, say, a hypermobile Liverpool team. But they're definitely, you're going to see a lot of use out of him as well um, this season. So, yeah, it was really good. And I don't know why I'm still surprised by Manchester United being really good when they play against quote-unquote bottom half sides. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. So, Andy's epic bike ride is over. He's arrived finally at John O'Groats late on Sunday after a gruelling final leg. It goes without saying, what a remarkable effort that man has done over the course of the last nine days. And there's incredible news on the fundraising front for Andy as well. I'll let him update you. I was asked to record a jubilant voice note. The problem is I don't feel very jubilant at the moment. I feel absolutely exhausted. I'm in Inverness Airport. And I'm really pleased that I'm not on a bike today because yesterday I reached John O'Groats at the northern tip of Scotland after nine days, 970 miles and far too much climbing in the rain on Saturday, which was uh, not enjoyable. But I could see all the time the amount of money being sponsored going up and up and up. And I had some pretty bad hours and during one of them on the final day, I looked at my phone and saw a message from Manchester United saying we will double any amount that is raised and that really lifted my spirits. So United's foundation, which does brilliant work in the community, especially around Manchester, will be getting, well, way over 30,000 at the moment, £30,000. And I just should have a few days to recover. The problem is uh, it's not a problem, it's a first world problem isn't it I'm going to Bern in Switzerland to see United play it was, a, it was a great city, I really enjoyed it there in 2018 so I've got to take three flights to get there I've got to drop my bag in and I really should say hello to my wife and children but I'm going to do that Saturday was weird for me uh, it's the first time in decades 
that I've either not been at a Manchester United game or I've not watched it on a screen and I listened to it on the radio on the BBC my phone had it on at the front of my bike and somebody went past me and said what are you listening to and I said oh, it's a big football game and he said to me why what's happening I said Ronaldo's back and he was a cyclist and he said well is that big news I said well of course it is especially in football and he said well is football important I said of course it is and yes Ronaldo oh United have just scored I don't think he was impressed I don't think he liked football whatsoever and well each to their own so I spoke to lots of people who were at Old Trafford and I could hear the atmosphere coming from the radio well before kickoff. It just sounded like everyone was singing Viva Ronaldo and it was really, really loud. I spoke to several of my friends who, who were there and one of them said um, Manchester United won because they had better players, not because they played, not, not necessarily because they were the better team. The scoreline was harsh on Newcastle. United and the rest just said it was just a, 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 a carnival occasion to the point that uh, there, were, there are 10 other United players out there as well but there's a buzz around definitely I could feel it when I was cycling last week speaking to Manchester United fans along the way and people from supporters clubs were saying they'd had four times as many requests for tickets or travel in comparison to a normal game so the Champions League now, which is really important, the league table looks very, very healthy from Manchester United's perspective and it's rarely we've been able to say that in the last couple of years. I did speak to one person who said, don't overlook how well Rafael Varane played on Saturday either. And that person absolutely knows what's going on. He said all the noise was around Cristiano Ronaldo. So, Burn it is, uh, capital of Switzerland. I think it is, yeah, of course it's the capital of Switzerland. The administrative capital of Switzerland. And United need to do what they did last time and get a win. There can be no excuses in the Champions League group stage this year. Uh, last year wasn't good enough. You know how I felt when the team went out against RB. Uh, it wasn't good enough. And the group is easier this year, although it is the Champions League. United need to be getting through and they need to start it well. There'll be a very, very good atmosphere in Berm. The Swiss fans are very passionate. We saw a little bit of that in the Euros, but the league is overlooked because it's not a major league. But the fans who follow their teams are very noisy and it was very loud and passionate last time. So I'll be going there. I'll write a big piece for The Athletic. I'm not sure what I'll be writing about just yet. We need to see what's going on, but I'll do my job as a journalist. I'll speak to lots of different contacts. And I won't promise not to mention cycling again. Um, I, I'm not going to mention my backside either, but it's been heavily strapped up and my arms and my hands do not have the full power at the moment. I'm told that's just normal because you go from basically almost nothing to cycling 180 kilometers uh, a day. But uh, in time, I think I'll come to look back and say I enjoyed it. England and Scotland was absolutely beautiful. I didn't feel quite so infused on Saturday when the rain was coming down. And I stopped to, to see a medic and say, am I safe to go on here? And he just looked at me and went, yes, and it's going to be tough. And they were the words I needed. It wasn't like everything's going to be all right. He wasn't saying everything's going to be fine. He just said it's going to be tough. And it was really tough. But I did it. A huge amount of money has been raised and continues to be raised. And 
it'll be business as usual for me now following Manchester United and the other teams booking flights going here there and everywhere and doing my job and I'll be back on the podcast next time until then bye bye brilliant stuff Andy I don't think I can really put this into words properly but we're so proud of you mate an absolutely incredible achievement and some amazing support from the Manchester United Foundation as well which I know the money is going to make a huge huge difference in Manchester so congratulations and try and get some rest because next up Andy is off to the Wankdorf Stadium because Manchester United are taking on young boys this week as the Champions League proper returns and Laurie it should be more good news shouldn't it this feels like go there beat young boys men against boys I know there's some joke in there probably that everyone does every time young boys are in the Champions League against the English side but this should continue the feel-good factor shouldn't they from Saturday really yeah, I think that what you saw from Saturday is that they have the Arsenal to outgun a lot of teams. So when Solskjaer turns to his bench and he takes, he brings on Anthony Marshall, Jesse Lingard, Donny van der Beek, you know, all had like nice, nice little cameos, really. Um, and, and that's with Cavani not in the squad, Rashford not in the squad. You think that Champions League is, is going to be where you can really see United's squad depth um, shine, you know, and, and I imagine there'll be changes against um, young boys. Um, you know, he's obviously got a check on Ronaldo's fitness it'd be interesting to see if he starts again um and but I, I think just you talk about you know, the the potential paucity of, of United at the back but I think going the other way they just they, they can blow teams away uh, and I think that that could well be the case against young boys will Ronaldo play Carl I get the feeling he might ask to I get the feeling if he does he'll probably start um and I think it, I think similar to Edison Cavani it will be a case of but both both you know 30 something men will be listening to their own bodies and saying if they're up for it they're up for it i imagine both men will travel we know cavani had a knock um and that's why he didn't feature against newcastle i think he told laurie that in the press conference afterwards um but this i think small concern slash asterisk to it is that the wankdorf stadium is an artificial pitch if memory serves so uh, I think some players just returning from injury, not quite a match fitness, might not be risk for their own. You, know, you don't want to get Astro Burn. It's a mother. <laughs> no, no one wants that, Carl. I mean, what do we actually know about young boys? Uh, they're a decent side. So uh, the Swiss League tends to be a battle between them and uh, FC Basel, or FC Bar, for uh, they are finished sort of as one of the later qualifiers via the playoff stage and sort of snuck into pot four when I was doing the Champions League draw um, earlier this season. So they are a good side. I don't think they'll be looking for the Europa League piece, um, Europa League place in third place. They'll, they'll probably be the quote-unquote whipping boys in this Champions League group. They play reasonably, reasonable aspirations of attacking football, but they're, I think they're just going to get outgunned by Manchester United and indeed Atalanta and then Villarreal will play Villarreal football that just makes us all start scrolling our phones and think about direct debits instead <laughs> it's quite a nice way to describe Villarreal in fairness um, it's a must win then isn't it by all accounts if Manchester United are going to win this group these are the type of matches they need to win it was a game like this really that let them down in the end last year um, obviously the results against RB Leipzig and PSG didn't help but they won that game in Turkey it wouldn't have been an issue would it so that's the improvement they need to make Laurie the good news as well is that There'll be Manchester United fans there to see it, won't there? 
Yeah, really good news. It looked at one stage like they weren't going to be allowed in. Um, the Swiss um, authorities, the local authorities um, to where um, young boys are, said basically that only um, Swiss or EU um, COVID certificates will count. So uh, you know, the NHS ones that people have got, the double jabs apparently aren't good enough for, for the Swiss. Um, but they've managed to have negotiations. That they basically said we're not even sending tickets out. So it was a bit odd because you could obviously have you know, some United fans in Europe, in Switzerland, for example, that would have had these passes that could have had, you know, gone in the away end. Uh, they had some talks with UEFA, with Man United, and to be fair, they, they sort of saw sense uh, and 1,800 are going out there. So it should be a good little chip for them. Burn, lovely city, um, and I think it'll be a solid away away um, travelling because, and that's what you need, really, in the Champions League game. You need, you know, your own fans there, don't you, sort of cheering them on. So um, hope the 1,800 that make it out there have a, have a good time. Yeah, I'm sure they will. It's been a long time since United fans can travel across Europe and enjoy the football and, of course, the local delights, which I'm sure they'll sample in Bern as well. Um, just before, chocolate, what, what would you sample if you were there, Larry? A shandy all day. Oh, yeah. Carl? Uh, I'd get a cuckoo clock. Yeah. In, in true all world style. Nice. <laughs> awesome world style, even. Uh, there, uh, one word, keep an eye out for young boy striker Jean-Pierre Nassam. Cameroonian striker, you'll learn about him a lot more at AFCON. So he was the top scorer for Young Boys last season. Uh, I think he got 18 goals as they won the league title. And he six foot two. So they're going to try a lot of crosses. They're going to try and drop a lot on his head, which depending on how you feel about Aaron Wan-Bissaka could make you slightly nervous. We're nervous. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. Um, well, I think it should really be Young Boys who are worried about Manchester United's attack if the weekend was evidence. And on the Athletic this week as well, a poll, Carl, which you've been involved in sort of giving your opinion as to the Premier League's best attacks. Are Manchester United it now? I think there's definite merit to it. So we did a series of roundtable debates uh, arguing the best goalkeeper, the best defence, the best midfield and the best attackers. And I only had enough in me to argue for the best defence and the best attackers. So yeah, sorry, De Gea, sorry, Matic. But... I can't quite argue those points. I think there's enough attacking quality in this Manchester United team to, to be one of the high scorer teams in the league. United are really interesting where if you look at all their historic statistics over Solskjaer's tenure, there's two or three times where you go, well, you should have won a trophy by now. Like that is good enough to win a trophy. And then it very quickly veers into, are you going to be a quote unquote great entertainer side? So the away record, Manchester United you know, have the longest unbeaten run away from home. Uh, they beat all these historic teams. Every team that United have now surpassed in terms of an away record, use that away record to win a league title. Uh, whereas United didn't really come close to that league title last season. So you're going, they're good, but they're not quite enough. And now they've added Jadon Sancho and they've added Cristiano Ronaldo. I think reasonably United should be scoring 80 goals this season. I'd be expecting to see. This should be in theory the first time since Mourinho's cut in half third season and Solskjaer's interim spell where United have four players that finish the season with 20 goals. So I'll be expecting, I think Cristiano and I'll probably get 20 goals this season. I can see Bruno Fernandes getting 20 goals this season. I would like to see Marcus Rashford get 20 goals this season when he comes back uh, sometime towards the start of November or whatnot. Um, and then there's one more. So, Anti Martial, Raymond Data, your time has come. Mason Greenwood. 
Oh yeah, why do I always forget about him? Well, you try and drop him. <laughs> that's, that's a bit of an improvement forgetting about him. <laughs> the, they've scored, they've scored a hundred goals in in two seasons recently, though, Carl. You know, yeah. So I'd, I would think they'd score way more than a hundred. Yeah, yeah. I can see, I can see. Yeah, he goes in the league quite easily, and then the sky's the limit for the rest. So the thing is, it's right. Greenwood, Ronaldo, Sancho was a front three at the weekend. Yeah, there's still Rashford. There's still Martial. There's still Edison Cavani. There's Bruno Fernandes who scores quite a few. You get the impression that Pogba's going to set up quite a few this year as well. I mean, in terms of a depth of attack as well, no one's challenging that, are they, Laurie? I don't think so. I mean, you look at Liverpool and clearly their front three, you know, against Leeds yesterday, looked really sharp. Mo Salah's on form. First choice is maybe an argument, isn't there? But in terms of depth... Yeah, yeah. again, Chelsea first choice, you'd probably say um, a fair argument. I mean, City don't actually have a striker, so it'd be odd to sort of put them in the, in the race. Clearly, they will score a lot of goals. But yeah, I was saying for, for the, yeah, as you say, that those front three, you could have two different front threes that would be very potent. So I would say United's got the best attack. Simple as that. Right, that's it for another Talk of the Devils podcast. Before we go though, Laurie, I need to know, you're a man of culture, aren't you? I know you are. You're in Alicante. Where are you going to be watching the uh, the match tomorrow night? <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, well, I don't know if we'll, we'll change it up, but we watched the uh, Liverpool-Leeds game yesterday in a, a lovely bar called Dick Turpin's where the beers were two euro. Uh, so, but I think there are some more uh, fine establishments that we will check out for the, you know, let's, let's spread our wings a little bit. Um, yeah, I'm looking yeah. forward to it. What, um, what are you going to have for dinner before the match? Uh, I had Argentinian state last night, you know, when in Spain. Um, but uh, I think we're going to a tapas place tonight, obviously. Look at this guy. <laughs> <laughs> that seems about right, mate. That, that's more what I expect rather than Dick Turpins, to be fair. Exactly, yes. Whenever I go to a foreign country, you know, for United trips or whatever, I always try and get the local cuisine. Yeah, I make a point of it. So Gdansk, I was trying to get some Polish food and uh, and when we went to Baku for Wales, I was sampling some Azerbaijani cuisine. So, yeah. That's, what is Azerbaijani cuisine out of interest? Uh, it's kind of like basically kebabs, kebabs and rice. And it, I love it, you know, bit of lamb, um, bit, of, bit of flatbread. So, yeah, pick yourself out to Baku if you can. Yeah, Carl, what are you having for tea? I don't know. Probably make some jerk chicken. Sounds nice too. Yeah, I've got a cottage pie waiting for me for later. So, yeah, different needs for different people. Ollie's looking at me as if to say, why on earth are you doing this at the end of the podcast, which is supposed to be short? So, I think we should round it off. Everyone, wherever you are, enjoy your teas. Don't forget, you can still subscribe to The Athletic with a 33% discount. Go to theathletic.com forward slash Man United pod. And of course, you'll have access to all the best articles on Manchester United and all the podcasts, including this one. So you'll always get updates on what Laurie Whitwell has had for his dinner. Thank you for joining us, Laurie. Thank you for joining us, Carl, as well. We'll be back on Thursday, where we'll, of course, review whatever happens to Manchester United against Young Boys and preview the trip to West Ham as well. But thank you for listening for now, and we'll see you then. Athletic. 
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.